Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now there's one aspect of how we see the world, and it's in terms of I have, I want, and I wish I had. In other words, things that I do have, things I think I can get, and things that I really wish I could get if all things went right. There is a job I have, the job that I think I can get promoted to, and the job I wish I had, MLB professional pitcher. Just kidding. (laughs) There is my relationship status, the relationship I think I can get with hard work, and the relationship that I wish I had. The list goes on and on. We always want more than what we have. The other side of the coin is that what I do have, I don't want anyone else to take from me. What's mine is mine, and you better not even think about taking what's mine. As a fairly new parent, I have observed that ownership and striving for stuff starts at a very young age. If my four-year-old claims ownership or strives for stuff, my one-year-old better not even try to look at it in the wrong way. And my one-year-old, when she has something and she feels a threat (laughs) from the four-year-old, she immediately goes to her only defense and calls out for justice from mom and dad. From our earliest days, much of our striving in this world is over perishable things. We want to keep and gain things from this world that in the end will only perish. In some ways, it's kind of sad I have fought, I've seen my children fight, and I have seen other adults fight over things that will perish. I've seen family, families torn apart because of the family farm. I've seen adult children destroy their relationships with one another, fighting over an earthly inheritance that will not last. We all tend to spend most of our time worrying about our possessions and our position in this life. We're constantly comparing ourselves to others. I know I need a better car because my neighbor just got one. (laughs) I know I need a better house because Man, the houses around me sure are a lot better. Some people will justify these actions. Some have justified cheating on their taxes. What's mine is mine. Some people justify cheating on their tests. This is my career on the line. Some people justify sex outside of marriage. It's It's not right to think I should have to wait. I justify having and getting things 
that I want and you justify having and getting things that you want. And yet these things, sometimes they get between us and the good gifts that God desires to give us. And they sometimes stop us from loving our enemies or loving our neighbor. Sometimes instead of thinking of how we can give to our neighbor, when our neighbor approaches, we say, hold on, you're getting a little too close. I don't want you eyeing all the stuff I have. It's not yours. In our gospel today, Jesus tells another parable. And this one is about the master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and he leased it to tenants and he went into another country. In this parable, everything was made by the master of the house. And when we look at our Old Testament lesson, we see all the work that the master of the house did on his own before the tenants even got there. But here's the thing. Those tenants began to think that this vineyard was their own. They were allowed to work there and earn a living there and enjoy some of the fruit. But some of the fruit was to be reserved for the actual owner of the vineyard. So when the season for fruit drew near, the master of the house sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and they beat one and they killed another. Reminds me of the Clint Eastwood movie, Get Off My Lawn. (laughs) It was never their lawn though in the first place. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. And finally, he sent his son to them saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and they threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. You see, they wanted a vineyard without a master of the house. What Jesus was really saying with this parable was that the church leadership, they wanted God's people subject to them and not to God. And again in the Middle Ages, the church leadership wanted control of the vineyard for themselves. They saw this as their power, their glory. And more than that, Each individual person, including you and myself, wants to pretend that this life is all about me. This is my church. She is my wife. These are my kids. All for me. But as you can see, This viewpoint is all wrong. The triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a God of sharing. His Son 
His Father. Your Lord. Your Father. He does not keep for Himself. God assesses all that He has only to see what He can give. There is nothing that He lacks and yet there is nothing that He keeps for Himself. Not even His only Son. You see, the whole world is His vineyard and the only demand that He makes is that we share the fruit of this vineyard with everyone else. God wants to serve you through other people. He desires that people would love you. And He wants to serve other people through you. And He wants you to love them. Ultimately, any serving that's done at all stems through the one who is greatest of all, Jesus the Christ. More specifically to our text, the church and not the world is the vineyard of God. She continually receives Jesus and his prophets so that she may bear fruit for the entire world. In the church, she dies when she acts like the tenants in this parable. In this parable, the servants that, went, that were sent to the vineyard represented the Old Testament prophets who were to bring the word of God to the people. And the son who is ultimately sent, we know he represents Jesus, God's son. And when the church in one area rejects God's word, she ultimately rejects his son and she ceases to be the church. She no longer is what she claims to be when she rejects God's word. The amazing thing that we see from this parable is not the reaction of the tenants. Because we've all seen their reaction in our own thoughts, in our own words, in our own deeds. But the amazing thing is that the master of the house continued to send servants, to send pastors, to send his son over and over again. Why does he do this? Why did he not just come in and destroy it after the very first rejection? He had every right to do so. The why is he loves not only the vineyard, but the tenants. Love is the fertilizer that shapes and grows God's vineyard, the church. The church and the individual, individual members of the church, when they receive love, they must produce fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, which shows itself through joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. And this love that we, the church, produce because of us first receiving Jesus' love, it is not for our own self-betterment. 
Jesus died and loved for our betterment. We love and die for our neighbor's betterment. See, God wants to provide wine, so to speak, for this lost world through you, his church. The vineyard was never meant to be self-satisfying. The fruit that the master of the house went to come to get was for the neighbor, for the world around it. The fruit that he comes to get from you is to the love of your neighbor. Your neighbor is no threat to you and your possessions. Unlike what my, my daughter thinks, when, this, when my son comes close uh, to take away that toy, if they take away our toy, they've really not taken away anything. We have Jesus. We have eternal bread from heaven. We have a hope that will not perish no matter what they take away from us. So as they come close, we don't block our possessions. We assess what we have to see what we can give, knowing that in, all, that in Christ all things are ours. We don't want to look at this world in terms of how much stuff I can get No, in Christ Jesus we have it all, even eternal life. We want to receive God's Son through preaching and through receiving of the sacrament so that the love that He gives us will well up and boil over for fruit for our neighbor. Instead of rejecting Jesus and His messengers, to fight over this perishing world. We want to give thanks for every single thing that we have. He has given us his son to make sure that when this life is over, we have life with him in heaven. More than that, Jesus has promised, all that the Father has is mine, and I give it. you. Now may the peace that comes from this promise, the peace that surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.